Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. We're doing our Blessed is Better series and uh, really... Uh, this is a series which we um, are launching the, the uh, year with. We really want you to kind of understand that as you start 2015, God wants you blessed. And, and blessed is, is better than cursed. How many of you know that, right? How many of you know what it's like to be disadvantaged, to, to, to be overlooked, to, to have someone favor somebody else and not you? And that's the kind of that's the world's environment. That's the world's concept of, of blessing that, that they win and you lose. Well, in the kingdom of God, there are no losers, there are only winners. Amen. And God has in his kingdom, all his kids are winners. He has a blessing principle. And we read from Deuteronomy twenty eight, it's the foundation. Um, the first 14 verses are the foundation verses for this series that we're running up until the end of February. In Deuteronomy 28, I preached this morning from verse 1. I'm just going to read tonight from verses 1 to 3. Uh, and we're going to be running through um, each verse uh, for the next um, seven weeks. And it says here, If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commandments that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. And tonight I want to focus on your towns and your fields will be blessed because it's curious when when you start with a list of blessings, when you start with this list, it starts with something that you think of, you know, um, you, I could think of other things which, which I would want to bless. But, but it's curious how God always seems to come back to some things which we think of as being very natural, very carnal. We, we try and be very spiritual. I'm very spiritual. I'm a spiritual person. Uh, I just want spiritual blessings. I don't want natural blessings. I just want spiritual. But yeah, I, I want you to know that not only does God want your natural world blessed, He wants your town blessed. He wants your field blessed. He wants your home blessed. He wants the place where you work blessed. Your field is a place of produce. It's a place where you are fruitful. And so it's your work environment. It's not like he wants the town that you live in blessed and the field outside it blessed. <laughs> he wants, he, I mean he does, but he wants your work environment. He wants the place where you go to work, where you earn a living. Maybe you don't have a job. Well, God wants you blessed in a prosperous employment. He wants you blessed in prosperous employment. He wants you blessed in your town. A town is where people join together in a community and live together. So he wants your home blessed. He wants your community blessed. He wants that environment of your, the city you live in, the town that you live in. He wants that blessed so that there is peace in the home. Amen? It's peace in the town. There is a place. A prosperous town is a town where plenty of opportunity arises and even the poor are blessed. I was... Um, in a prayer meeting uh, in 1996 in this city. I was meeting up with a number of pastors and leaders 
And this lady stood up to pray, and she was in leadership in a church at the time, and she stood up to pray, and this is what she prayed. She prayed the most spiritual prayer she could think of. God, I pray, let there not be another oil boom. God, I pray, get rid of all this oil and all of this money in Jesus' name. And I went, Jesus, deliver me from this insanity. (laughs) It's like somehow in her head she had decided that money makes people bad, therefore the city is bad because money is made. Oil's the problem. (laughs) And it's like... We have this incredible city. We happen to live in one of the most blessed parts of the United Kingdom, not just Scotland. We happen to be in a place, and whether Aberdeen is your home or it is your, um, it is is either your home or the place you've come to live, um, come to work, a place where you've come to study. This is the place God has put you, and He wants you to prosper here. It doesn't matter how you got here; He wants you to prosper here. Because he wants you to prosper in your home. And you know, the the amazing thing that I've discovered is that as I've traveled around the world, that wherever I go, um, and whatever people I meet, they all, everyone, there's one consistent message that the local people have when I meet them. And that is, they love their home. They love their hometown. I go to a little place in Denmark. Um, I go quite often. I'm going um, in... um, uh, When am I going next, Hattie? March. I'm going in March, aren't I? And uh, so... (laughs) I just have to make sure. And uh, um, so I go to this... And there's a little town in Denmark. It's got 10,000 people, and it's a place called Hobro. Now, you don't say Hobro. If you said Hobro in in Denmark, they wouldn't know what you're talking about because it's actually pronounced Hobro. And... uh, (laughs) You have to to take something like a potato, put it in your mouth, and like that. And that's how how the Danes speak. It's very weird. And um, that's why there aren't many of them. And uh, so you're not going to chat too many people up talking like that, are you? The the whole sort of breeding, taking over the world doesn't work for the Danes. Do you know, this is is totally off the the message now. I just kind of felt, yeah, this is off the message. So what an amazing, right? It doesn't matter where you go in the world, everyone has a Scottish grandmother. I reckon it's true. Doesn't matter. Oh, oh, yeah, my grandma's Scottish. You're in Australia, you're in America. I was in Egypt speaking to an Iraqi who's there's this Iraqi, this woman, she's an Iraqi pastor, and she goes, Oh, yeah, my grandmother was Scottish. I'm thinking, these Scottish women, right? They must have been the most prolific breeders on the planet. They just, they just go out there and they have babies. And, they, and then they travel the world having babies, leaving them everywhere. They must do. How does everyone have a Scottish grandma? It's extraordinary. I don't know where the dads came from, but there we go. That's another story. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't inquire. <laughs> but the amazing thing is about going to every country... Wherever you go, everyone is proud of their city. They're proud of the place that they live. They take kind of pride in their, in their place. They, they either they fall in love with it 
or it, it, you know, some places you go, they're not very pretty. Uh, Hobro in Denmark happens to be one of the prettiest places. Denmark is, is flat as a pancake. It's just, it's just flat. And they've got a mountain in, in Copenhagen. To, to have a mountain, they had to make it themselves. And it's a hill. They call it a mountain, but it's a hill. It's not even a big hill because they made it themselves. And uh, it's, quite, it's pathetic, really. It's, uh, and, but Hobro itself is beautiful. It's got sort of hills up and down um, and they uh, it's just got a really beautiful harbour and it's just a really lovely place and, and um, but you know and they're really proud of it but I, I go to some places and people they're just proud of their their town and their cities because it's where they were born and, and it's where their stories were written it's kind of where their experiences were made and, you know and if you came with me down to the south of England uh, I would take you to Sussex where I was born and I could show you where I was born in Hayward's Heath. I could take you to the house and I could point to the... I was born in that house. I was born in that bedroom in that house. And, and I could take you to where I grew up and I could take you... I could show you the trees that I used to climb. I could show you the factories I used to vandalise. I could, I could take you to the... I could take and show you. I mean, you'd be bored out of your brains because it wouldn't mean anything to you, would it? I mean, you, you go back to where you grew up and you tell your friends and your kids and they're all bored too, but you're not bored. You're loving the story and you'll love telling everyone the story too. And it's because it doesn't matter where you come from, everybody has this, this feeling of, well, this is my home. This, is, this place is important to me. And I want you to understand that the place that God has put you and he's put you here this is your home and he wants it blessed he wants this place blessed because you live in it and if you're living in it he needs it blessed for you to be blessed your city has to be blessed if you want to be blessed if you want to prosper you need everyone else around you to prosper too you can't it, it, it's very difficult to, to, if you wanted to run a business and, and make money and sell lots of things, well, if there isn't any money around, you're not going to sell anything. So you need everyone to be prospering for you to, for you to prosper. So God wants your place of prosperity. He wants the church to prosper so it can do good. It can't do good without prosperity. There are churches around the world and they live in places where they live in great need. Guess what? They need churches who are prospering to get them out of their place of need. Because they have more need. But even in those places, God creates places of prosperity. He creates avenues. Even the most barren places, God creates a line of blessing that flows into the house. Are you with me here? He wants your home blessed. And he wants your workplace blessed. He wants the place where you produce fruit. He wants it blessed. And as I said before, maybe you don't have a job. Maybe you're looking forward to a career. Maybe you found yourself in a position where you haven't received any sort of finances and you're not really even sure whether you can, you can sort of do a job. Maybe you had a job and you lost a job and you don't have confidence in the work environment and all you can think about is just minimum wage and it's kind of I, I, want you to, I want you to know it's time to reject the minimum wage in your head you are not a minimum wage person got to get that into your head I could get into that minimum wage thing I think it's garbage the whole thing is garbage it keeps everyone in poverty God wants you blessed 
He wants you blessed. I, I, I want you to know again. I want you to say He wants you blessed. Get it into your head. He wants you living different. He wants you thinking different. And He wants you to know that your town is blessed and your fields are blessed. The place where you live is blessed. The families around you are blessed. You know, you know what? When there's trouble in a family, when there's trouble in a neighborhood, does it not affect you? No, take you when there's trouble. You know, we, we used to live in, in Bridgerton. It's a very kind of uh, lower middle class sort of area. Um, it's kind of, it, it hovers in that edge of working class, middle class kind of environment. And, and we lived there. Uh, and, um, you know, it was really nice. And it was just a nice, uh, generally quiet. But sometimes there was trouble. And sometimes there'd be trouble in the street. It's not our trouble. But it flowed into our home because we lived there. So I, I, I wanted Bridget Don blessed. Uh, we used to go around our little neighborhood and we used, to, we used to just talk to all the neighbors and we would pray for them. And we would, because I wanted my neighborhood, I wanted my street blessed. We moved away. I went back to that. We often speak to our friends, our neighbors who were there. And they go, oh, since you moved away, or oh, this has happened and that's happened. You know, I took my blessing with me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know that it just went with me. I wanted to leave something behind. But you know what? If you want to be blessed, you, you got to, as I said this morning, God wants you blessed. He wants you go, to be blessed. You've got to go to his party. He put out the invitation. You've got to go to his party to be blessed at his event. It's his event. You've got to go to his event. And this is his event. The church is his event. You've got to be a part of his event to be blessed in that event. Amen. And so, and so, you know, we, we lived in, in that place and we found, even, even in the difficult times, we find a, a line of blessing. He wanted us blessed. And you know, if I said to you, Jeremiah um, 20, um, 29 verse 1, um, sorry, Jeremiah 29 verse 11, you, you would know, if you've been in church for maybe more than a year ago, you'll probably know what, that's, what that means. I'll read it out to you if you don't, if you don't know. But Jer- Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, it says this, it says, I can't find it now and I can't remember it, my blank, brain's gone blank. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, they are plans for good and not for disaster. They're to give you a future and a hope. That's a great verse. Who likes that verse? I like that verse. Everyone likes that verse. There's a problem with that verse. It has no context. How do you apply it? I know the plans I have for you. Plans for a future. Well, where are you at? God, I mean, we're all at a different point in our journey, aren't we? We're all in a different part of process. We're all journeying together, but at different speeds, different issues, different areas of faith, different struggles, different doubts we're struggling with how do you apply the same verse to a different context it's a verse with all the Christian we, we quote it time and again we're always quoting that but how do you apply it to context when we don't read the rest of the chapter so how does the chapter start who's it applied to well this is who it applies to it applies to it's Jeremiah he sends a word to the Jews in Babylon and they're being held in captivity all right, so this is a word to people held in captivity. So they're not living in their hopes and their dreams. Remember, I've said I said this a few weeks ago. The Jews, 
All their hopes and dreams were in Israel. But they were in Babylon. There's nothing in Babylon. There's no hope in Babylon. There's nothing for them in Babylon. All their hopes and dreams are in Israel or in Jerusalem. But they're not in Jerusalem. It's kind of like, um, it's like if you want to be in the uh, media industry or maybe you want to be a a singer and all the opportunities are in London but you live in Orkney. (laughs) It's like, it's not the place to be, you know. (laughs) They like you down the pub. (laughs) But that's as far, you know, the, the, (laughs) the guys down the pub, they like you. (laughs) <laughs> but, but you want to sing but no one's going to hear you because you live in Orkney and, and, and all the opportunities are in London that's what it's like that's what it's like for the Jews their blessing is in Jerusalem and they're in Babylon what's Babylon going to do for them? And not only are they in, they're, they're slaves in Babylon, they're being held captive in Babylon. They, they are nobodies in Babylon. They don't even have the opportunity or the choice to go back. You know what? This is the problem. Most of us feel like we're a slave and a captive to circumstances and situations. We feel like we can't change what we're in. It's not my fault. It's this situation. I can't do this because of this debt that sits on my life. I can't do that because of the past mistakes that I used to do. I can't because of this. And we create all these excuses. This is the context that Jeremiah prophesies. So let me read to you Jeremiah 29 verse 1. This is the letter. Jeremiah wrote a letter from Jerusalem to the elders, priests, prophets and all the people who were exiled to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. Verse 4. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives who he has ex- uh, captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that they may have many grandchildren. Multiply, do not dwindle away. And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. I want you to understand. I don't care why you're here. God put you here to bless you. You may have found yourself here by accident. Do you know how many students come here? I can say this because they're not here, right? Most of the students. Do you know how many students that? This is what they say. They go, they go um, yeah, yeah, I, I came to Aberdeen. And um, how, how did you choose Aberdeen University? Well, it wasn't really my choice. Uh, I wanted to go down the south of England, but this, Aberdeen was the only one that would have me. I said, yeah, that's quite a common story. We, uh, Aberdeen's quite desperate for students, and they'll just take anybody. And, and almost all the students, they come into the city, and they're like, yeah, yeah, we didn't choose Aberdeen. I mean, I can understand that. Why would you? Right? It's a long way north. It's like, I mean, I like, it's all right, Margaret. I do like the city. I don't, see, she loves this city. You see, this is where she grew up. This is her home. And I better not say too much because she's quite brutal too. And uh, she, she might have grey hair, but she can take you out. And, uh, and, and she has on many occasions. And, and, and what happens is that people come here and... 
is not necessarily the choice. It wasn't necessarily the way they thought it would, would work out. But God put you here. He wants you blessed. And what does He say? What are the plans to prosper you? How does He want you? What does He say? He says, build a house. Make yourself a home that is permanent in your lack of permanence. Say, well, I'm not staying. I don't care. Build a house. But uh, we don't know where we're going to end up. Don't live like a nomad who has put down no roots. Put down roots because God wants you blessed. You can't receive a blessing from a city upon which you're only traveling through. There's a blessing in this place. If you want the blessing in it, put down roots. All the time you're here, say, well, I might be moving on. Doesn't matter. Put down roots. God wants you blessed. He says, build a house, build a home, plan to stay, plant gardens, and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that they may have many grandchildren. Multiply do not dwindle away and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. In other words, God wanted to bless Babylon because Babylon had his people in it. God wants to bless Aberdeen because you're in it. God wants to bless my, my uh, town. I live in a little uh, small um, place um, north of Ellen and uh, I live in this tiny place and, and God wants it blessed because I'm there. In fact, it is blessed because I'm there. The, the neighbours are blessed because I'm there. Do you understand? Your neighbours are blessed because you're there. You don't understand that, that you're here to live in a blessing and bring a blessing. And you've got to change the mindset thinking that your context and your world, regardless of how you got here or what you're living in, you have to put down roots and go, God put me in this place. This place is a blessing to me and I'm a blessing to it. It changes how you begin to view your world. You begin to look and see how you can build a future that God has got greater blessing on. And you begin to wonder in your heart, sometimes I know we often begin to wonder how. How am I going to do this? How does this work? You know, um, there is a, um, in this city, uh, there are many great opportunities um, that have broken out over the generations for people to do great things. It's been a prosperous city well before the, um, well before the oil industry um, came along and uh, it was uh, famous uh, for its crombie cloth down at the um, Bridge of Infant. My grandfather was a, um, was a uh, Savile Row tailor and um, he used to buy cloth from Aberdeen. Um, the crombie cloth was very famous. It was the finest of all uh, cloths for making coats and the, the uh, Russians used to buy the cloth for their general's coats and it was a very special uh, it was a very it was a very prosperous city, and um, and during in this city, God has moved and blessed this city. You, this is a church building, and we're a church in it, right? So, what happened is there were Christians back in the um, 1890s 
who said, we are going to build a church. They didn't say, oh, but we don't know what's going to happen. They say, we're going to build a church. And they decided to put down roots and build a church. Now, they built this amazing building. And then the congregation, it came and the congregation went. The building got sold. It became, uh, it became like a social club. It became a, a nightclub. Even the uh, Freemasons had it for a while. And then it was bought by a casino. But the casino bought it. But they didn't know I'd already laid hands on it. The casino, I went to buy this building in 2000. And the casino snatched it from away from me. But I'd already laid hands on it. A year later, they phoned me up and go, yeah, do you want to buy that building office? Um, we need the money. Yeah, I know why. <laughs> it's my building. <laughs> I lay hands on this building. We're going to buy this building. But you know what? We were only able to buy it because the church built it. There were people who put down roots that are blessing us today. You see, you don't know what you're doing, which is causing blessing for others in generations to come. Everybody who built this building are dead and in glory. They're, they're all riding around. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Playing harps or something. <laughs> riding <laughs> Surfing on clouds. Woo. Racing around. They're in glory, living it up. But they're blessing which they lived in. The sacrifice that they laid has caused a blessing to flow to this generation. What will you do that causes blessing to flow in this city? What reward will it give to you? What reward are they living in because of what they did for us? You see, there is more going on around your world than what you understand. If you would just understand God wants you blessed in the now, not just in the future. He wants your now blessed. And as you begin to put down roots and, and you begin to say, God, I'm, I'm believing for more. I'm not just going to live in the what I'm living in. I'm going to live in the more than what I'm living in. I'm going to look at my home. I know there are many people who believe God for homes um, last year and many people received homes I mean homes just new homes people um, have received homes that um, that couldn't even get a mobile phone contract the previous year and got a mortgage the next isn't that amazing you think God had something to do with that now you may say to yourself yeah but I didn't I didn't. I know there are things which I've been believing for that I didn't either. But there are things which you need to push into that you might take a hold of them. You see, blessings are things which you pursue, not just things which come after you. Alright? If you run after blessings, blessings will run after you. But if you don't run after them, there is nothing to overtake you. Are you with me here now? And it says um, in Psalm, go with me, will you, to Psalm 23. I want you to see this. We're going to go to Psalm 23. I just want to go through um, this verse. It's 
very slow. My, my uh, iPad's slowing down. That's iOS 08 for you. It's not blessed. <laughs> but I will be when I get my iPad 3. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's, let's just put that in. Psalm 23. It's coming. Here we go. 23 verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd. All that I have, I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. This is a man who's blessed. All right? You've got to understand, David was blessed, but he, he grew up. He was the unwanted son of the awkward relationship of a man who didn't believe in him. All right? So no, none of us here can complain and say, yeah, well, my family. Yet David had one of those families. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I am not afraid. You are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor, my, you honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. This is what I want to get to, verse 6. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Do you know that that pursue in the Greek literally means to overtake you? You will be pursued and hunted down. Hunted down by goodness and unfailing love. I want you to know that goodness and unfailing love is looking for you. This is how much it's looking for you. When you do something stupid that you regret... Who's ever done that? Who's ever woke up, gone up in the morning going, oh, stupid boy, stupid. You walk away going, this is what I do. I walk away going, stupid, stupid. And then I think to myself, because Cheryl tells me off for saying stupid. And uh, I say, oh, why didn't I think? Do you know sometimes your brain just doesn't think? You know, I want you to know that I have discovered, see, God has got me out of more messes that I've created <laughs> that I can, I can tell you about, God has saved my skin. Why? Because goodness and mercy, they pursue me. They run after me. I find them. I can hear the, the roar of their footsteps as they race behind me. I can hear that knowing that even when I step away from the, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. When I just step out of that wise process, when, I, when I'm in that place and I can hear, I can feel, I can hear it. See, God wants you to have courage. This is what will stop you from being blessed. Lack of courage. Lack of courage. So how, how does that work? This is how it works. Joshua was told to go into the promised land. He was told to possess. What did God say to Joshua? Be strong and of great courage. Don't be afraid. Courage is what we have to have in every situation. Courage to settle down. Courage to make a new home. Courage to take a job you're not qualified for. Courage to ask for a greater salary. Courage 
to believe you're going to sell more. Courage to believe the relationship that you thought was ruined will be restored. Courage to say sorry to the person who hates you because of your foolishness. Courage to stand up and go, Jesus, use this person who is riddled with weakness because this is all I have, but you can do something with me. Are you with me here tonight? We are blessed. We are blessed because He has created every circumstance and situation. He has thought of every situation where you are going to mess up and He has created a barrier to stop it destroying you. Ever played 10-pin bowling? Let me finish with it. Ever played 10-pin bowling with the barriers up? You always hit the skittles. Ever done that? You only do it if you've got little kids with you. If you, if you want to play it, it's great. Well, you, have, you just have to nick someone's kid. <laughs> and just go and just say, excuse me, we need the barriers up. I've got this child. The kid's screaming. It's like they belong to somebody else. Shut up. You just, you're with me for the time. You can run away. I just want those barriers up. And they put the barriers up. 10-pin bowling, it's amazing. <laughs> You can, play, you, got the, you, can, you can just whack it down there and it's bouncing this way and that way. Even women can play. And uh, all the guys love me right now. All the women hate me. It's really, <laughs> you can go down and there and you can do the super pose but we all know that we just kind of you do that and you're, you're like you're going to get the 10 pin and you go and you just do that and, and your arm flies or the ball flies up in the air and, and you know, it's like <laughs> it's like God has thought of everything that you can do wrong and he's created a way for you to come back He's thought of everything to bless you because He wants you blessed. You're no good to Him not blessed. He needs you blessed. It's time to say, God, I'm sorry for not being blessed. I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to live blessed. I'm going to be a blessed person. You created me to be blessed. That this place may prosper. The next generation may prosper. My family may prosper. How many of you know he wants you to prosper? Amen? Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.junctionchurch.com. God bless.